Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. Are you an artist? It's really possible that you might be, because if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you might be a highly sensitive person, and I know a lot of highly sensitive people are artists. Well, you know, and I do believe that we are all artists, really. Everyone is in their own way. But have you ever sat down and really tried to create something from your imagination? Have you sat down to try to write something or paint something or compose a song or done something like that? If you have, you've put the time into feeling what overcomes you. When that happens, you've probably experienced what I'm going to talk about today. And I'm calling my episode today The Artist's Journey. I really kind of wanted to use that wonderful title of a book called the war of art, because that really gets to the gist of this idea that art is very hard to make. A lot of people think they have a book in them to write or something like that. I've heard a lot of novelists say that, like, I have a book in me. And a lot of people will say, oh, I'm going to write a book someday about this or that. And I've definitely been one of those people. But I don't think a lot of people have actually sat down and spent hours trying to do something like that. And if you have, you know, what I know is that it's a lot harder than you think. And it's not about the writing necessarily. It's more about you come in contact with who you really are in the present moment. And it's a stark realization, at least it was for me. And so my journey, this whole thing of where this podcast came from, the whole thing started about eight years ago for me, probably a little bit before that. But really, this thing started because I sat down to my computer one day and I said, I'm going to write that book that I want to write because I actually said, I'm going to do this. And I sat there at that blank screen that started me on this cycle of looking for the truth in what I believe in who I am in the world around me. And those are things I've always been completely obsessed with. Like I've read so many novels and I love movies that are artistic and get to that truth. And You know, I'm always one of those people that watches all the Oscar movies because those movies make me feel something and they're so real and true and it just, they make me cry and I love it. And it's like, that's what I want more of in my life. And I know I've talked on here about the fact that when I've gone to certain museums and seen certain paintings of how 
impressive and beautiful they are that sometimes I'll look at a painting from Van Gogh or Picasso and I'll just start crying because it's just something about it. It touches that really true thing inside us. So I've been on this journey. I'm creating my podcast. I'm working on bringing, manifesting the next thing that I'm going to do. And as I'm doing that, you know, I'm coming up against, I'm facing those demons. I'm facing that stuff inside of me that's really hard to work past. And luckily, I have joined um, a online group with a teacher that is a therapist, but she's also an inspired artist that has created an online platform where she can help people birth their dreams, really. That's what she's doing in this program that I that I did. So we had a little meeting this morning online and there's I think there's about 20 people in the group, but like any online stuff, not everybody always shows up every time. So I think there were only 5 of us this morning and I feel so grateful for what happened because Normally, I'm not going to be able to make these um, mindset calls on Monday mornings at 7.30 because I'm going to be at work at that time. I'm, I start work at, well, 7.45 technically, but at 8 o'clock, um, I'm unavailable to be on that call. So I'm going to try to like go to them in the future, but um, I probably will only be able to listen since I'm going to be at work at that time. And today was a day off, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. I got to go to the call and share and cry and say that I'm really feeling some resistance and fear that's coming up about moving towards the miracle. And my mentor was having us list three things that we were grateful for today. And then we're going to try to sit inside those feelings of gratitude for just a little bit. So I encourage you to try that today. A lot of us have made gratitude lists in the past. I know it's like a thing to do, but here's the second step that I don't think I do enough. I don't know if I ever do. That you make the list maybe of three small things. My list today was... I'm looking outside my house and there's rain today and I think it's beautiful. I love the rain. It makes everything so green. It's been raining a lot around where I live. So I was like, I'm grateful for looking out my window and seeing the rain. I was grateful for my warm cup of coffee, decaf coffee, but it's still tasty and I like having something warm in the morning. And then the third thing I was just happy for was that there are actually trees outside of my window of my house. Like I feel so grateful that I don't look out my bedroom window and see another building. I actually selected this particular um, unit in where I live because it faces a hillside and has plants and things like that, which was such a godsend during the pandemic too, because my son could go play on the hill up here. It's, yeah, he got to build a tree house and he made some ladders and you know, used hammer and stuff. I can see his ladder that he built right now. And I'm grateful for that. But here's the second step is to sit in that gratitude for a minute and feel it. Because what we want to do is bring more abundance into our life, right? We want to bring more gratitude into our life. So if so that means we need to be 
feeling that more often to be able to have it come into our life. So we're sitting here trying to feel that gratitude and what it means. And I immediately started crying. And it's like that to me is a signal that I'm getting deep, right? And then my um, mentor said, the affirmation for today is I am open to experiencing miracles. And she really nailed it because I had actually written that phrase down a, a month ago in my phone one day. I don't know if it came from her podcast or I don't think it did. I think it came from somewhere else. Um, but I wrote it down and I was going to do a podcast episode on that. And then she reminded me, I'm open to experiencing miracles. And that's a great affirmation for today. But then all of a sudden, when I say that affirmation, I felt the fear come up and I started crying because this whole past week, I've been overeating. I can tell like there's something brewing in me. I have not felt like quite myself in some ways. And I feel kind of like a heaviness in my gut. And that is fear. And so I got to chat chat with that a little bit today with the people at my meeting and share that it's so hard for me to play big sometimes. It's hard for me to believe that I am an artist and that I want to create something that helps other people and that this is my gift that is given to me from the universe. And for me to cultivate that, I have to believe that I have something to share, which to me, because of the internalized feelings I have from my childhood, I heard the message from my mom especially, and probably from more people than that. But the message was that, who do you think you are? right? So it's kind of like that imposter syndrome. But today I did some tapping on that phrase, who do I think I am? Who do you think you are? Because I really internalized that. It's like, I think maybe my mom would say that to me if she saw me being bigger than she wanted me to be and she wanted to knock me down to size um, so that I'd obey her or whatnot. And Um, I always thought that was me being obnoxious. That's how she said it was. It was me being obnoxious if I, you know, and she, who do you think you are to want to do A, B, C, D? Who do you think you are to, you know, say that I'm wrong or whatever it was? Um, And so I really fought against that um, today. I let it, let the feeling come. I let myself cry it out. And that one was really deep in there. Um, But I got to the other side of it. And who do I think I am? Well, I think I'm an artist. And for me to be able to say that phrase of I think I'm an artist, it's taken really like a lot of years to be able to say that. When I first sat down to try and write a memoir eight years ago, I could not even say the words to anyone that I wanted to do that. It was so like embarrassing to me. And um, I was so scared that people would judge me and laugh at me. I think that's it. Laugh at me because my family would definitely laugh at me, certain people in my family, um, if I had dreams of things. Or if I have a dream of something and then let's say I, for instance, this memoir that I've wanted to write for a long time, I have been working on it. But if you know anyone who has written a book, it really takes a long time to write a book. Like there's a really famous 
um, guy that in education, George Kuros, and he has a podcast and a, a couple books now and stuff. But I've uh, emailed him a few times because I love his work, and he always emails back a few few sentences or a sentence or so. And I told him a couple years ago that I was writing a book, and he said, "Well, it took me ten years to write my first book." And it's like if this guy took ten years to write his first book, and he seems just like so flowing and lovely and wonderful now and he can talk about things now and write things and it doesn't seem like it's a challenge as much for him now but that's not true it is a challenge and look it took him 10 years to write his first book so as long as we're kind of on that journey we can get there so here's what I was trying to come to my point though sorry I got a little bit off on a tangent is that with the fear in me is that I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And people who are not artistic, or they are artistic, they just don't know it and they're not like in tune to it maybe. People who have not tried to be artistic um, and don't lean into that part of themselves, they don't understand how much time and energy it takes to try out something, it doesn't work, you try it again, it doesn't work, try it again, you just have to keep trying and trying and doing new things and following that instinct of you. And eventually, it'll, it'll be something. And you know, it doesn't even have to be something. It's like, I've tried and tried and worked on it. And I've come up with a few products here and there, such as this podcast, or I did write a book proposal at one point a couple years ago. And those are the things I'm probably most proud of in my life because they took so much strife. And it doesn't matter that, you know, no one ever is going to see my book proposal. Um, and, you know, who knows if this podcast, um, you know, there's people listening to it. Thank you, people listening. But, you know, who knows if it's ever going to really be something bigger. It's something big enough for me, though, that I feel really proud of it, that I'm at least trying out my art and doing something. And that to me means everything because because I've always wanted to do that. And it's like, now I'm at least trying it. Let's, let's not expect it to be perfect. We have to be willing to do mediocre art for our art to come through and to keep doing it. That's the step work that we have to do as artists. We just keep trying and going. And people that don't do that kind of work, they're not going to understand. So they're going to say, oh, you said you were going to write a book eight years ago or five years ago. Well, where's your book? Ha ha. And then laugh at you like there's, you know, no progress being made. But um, I know that there is progress being made. And I find I'm finding more and more friends to be in my life and people in my life that trust in me and understand that process of how writing something or doing something artistic takes years and effort and really, really hard work emotionally to do that work. I think of artists, painters and things like that. Like uh, there's this movie a couple years ago of a woman painter who she had kind of like these big eyed, I can't remember the book, the movie was called like Big Eyes or something like that. And it, it has like beautiful people with these like bug eyes, but they're really cool pieces of art. And her, I think husband or boyfriend had like basically stolen the art and said it was his or put his name on it when it was really all hers. And um, yeah, it had Amy Adams in it. That was an interesting movie. That just shows how how painful it is to do art <laughs> because you get to the truth of things and so many people don't want to see the truth. 
so that's why there's so one reason why there's so much resistance is because not everybody's going to understand or want to see the truth. And art is about truth. Okay, I have one last little anecdote to sh- share with you before the end that just, oh, I love this. It just blew my mind as a mom and as a person, as a human. Um, so yesterday it was raining a lot and it's been raining all weekend here. And my son and I were wanting to go see a movie. He mentioned, oh, let's go see a movie. And we don't do that that often. But he really wanted to. And we were looking and there was really nothing good out. Um, I was like, honey, January is really not a good time to see a movie. Sometimes it's like all the worst things come out in January. And it was all like horror stuff. And anyway, but then I remembered that over Christmas, I really wanted to see the movie called The Fablemans. It was a Steven Spielberg movie. And I didn't go see it on my own. I went to see The Whale instead, and which was really powerful. I liked that one too. Um, sad, but powerful. But I didn't see The Fablemans, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll see it later or something. And it was rated PG-13. So I remembered that movie, and then I was like, well, my son, normally I don't let him see PG-13 movies. He's only nine, and I kind of stick to that, the, the rating scale there. And he gets scared easily and stuff like that. So I don't want to push him into something that might, I don't know, just be un, something unexpected that comes up. But in the movie The Fablemans, the boy in the movie is a filmmaker. I don't know if it's based on Steven Spielberg's life or not, but the boy in the movie is a filmmaker and he learns how to make movies. And my son loves making movies. Um, so he does that on his iPad all the time. And so I thought, you know, maybe he'll really like that movie. And he does appreciate a serious movie sometimes. And so I thought, well, let's go see it. So we had to drive about 30 minutes away to go see that movie because it wasn't playing a lot of places right now. Um, And we were in the rain and my car, I realized, needs new front tires. And so we were kind of slipping and sliding a little bit. I was really anxious, but I was like, I really want to see this movie. We'll probably be okay. I'm just going to drive slow. Luckily, we got there okay. And Um, we got to see the movie and it was just like two and a half hours of bliss. I mean, I loved that movie and so did my son. And we got a huge thing of popcorn, which makes my son super happy. And he even got some M&Ms, which, you know, I usually don't let him eat that much junk food, but I really knew it was a long movie and I knew that that was something that would keep him interested. So, And I was just so excited to share my love of film with my son. Like he's getting old enough that I can actually share that with him. And so, oh my gosh, the movie was so good and I loved it. And I didn't want to press my opinions on him. So I didn't say that much about it after the movie. He and I both were like, oh, that was really good. You know, I didn't say a ton of that, but I was thinking a ton about it because it was just so inspiring to me. And I just loved it and made me cry a couple times. And um, we're driving home home in the car and my son says you know mom that movie really made me like think about things and it made me think like what am I doing wasting all my time on video games like I should be making movies because that's what I really want to do and oh my gosh I can't believe you know I can believe it the nine-year-old says that like he got the one of the points in the movie is that and it really the movie talks a lot about 
art and how art is truth and how art will destroy your life because it's it's truth and it's powerful and it's hard to you can't do art without things in your life getting messed up because art does create a little bit of chaos to the status quo and that's why it's so powerful so I really recommend that movie if you haven't seen it and you love art then I think you'll love it and um all right well so that was the journey of art today an artist's journey is is a tough one so I hope you keep on going and make that art that you're thinking about in the back of your head take care you deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place if you enjoyed the episode please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend and let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life you're welcome to join my free monthly goal setting workshop on the first wednesday of every month just dm me at iheartserin.com